Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Win Daily Sports Podcast. I am Brandon C. Williams, and I am with Antonio Dark Angeles, and we are going to be looking at quarterbacks as our main focus on this podcast. Antonio, needless to say, week two has been a very was a very eventful week when it came to quarterbacks. Very eventful. Lots of lots of injuries. Uh, a couple of really stunning performances. Um, Mahomes scored about like thirty something fantasy points in what seemed like about fifteen minutes. So it's really going to be interesting to take apart this week three slate. Uh, it, it's going to be, and uh, we obviously have to start uh, with the injuries. The two big ones: uh, Ben Roethlisberger done for the season uh, with a Tommy John surgery. He's looking at an 18-month recovery. Have you seen the end of Ben Roethlisberger, or do you think that he returns either in 2020 or 2021? Well, I mean, I I don't think we've seen the last of him. I'm sure he's going to try to make a comeback just because there's that rivalry between him and Brady. Brady wants to play till he's 48 years old or whatever that number is. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him work his way back um, and and go for one last hurrah. But it certainly it signals kind of a downturn towards the end. Uh, it does. And, you know, we look at the, uh, his backup, the second-year quarterback, Mason Rudolph. Didn't look bad against Seattle, nearly led the comeback, but now it's his team. Uh, is it a point to where you have to start devaluing the Steelers' uh, skill position guys because of the drop? inexperience from Roethlisberger to Rudolph? Yeah, it's actually, it really makes me scared to play some of these guys. And with the injuries at running back, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to shake out as well. I mean, we have to just kind of follow the news as it develops, see what the situation is with Connor. I know they called it a minor injury, but I mean, all these skill position players, Juju Smith-Schuster's fantasy stock has to take a huge dip because he has not been getting the ball as consistently as he was when Big Ben was thrown to him at the end of last season. Uh, the one thing that you uh, look at in a situation like this, when you have your backup quarterback becoming a starter, is you know, maybe that second-team receiver or that slot guy kind of benefits from that. And when you look at it, it could be an opportunity for James Washington to come in undervalued. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, a guy on a check down like Vance McDonald's. Vance McDonald's has shown when he can be – when he's the go-to guy – he can put up big numbers. So I, I may be looking to Vance McDonald as a, at tight end too. But uh, let's get back to quarterbacks. <laughs> okay, indeed. Indeed. Uh, the second one, Drew Brees, uh, thumb injury, out for six weeks. Teddy Bridgewater, ineffective in the loss against the Rams. Do we see Bridgewater? Is it Taysom Hill? Either way, that is a, a no-go this week as the Saints are visiting the Seahawks. Yes, uh, a, a couple of QBs to stay away from, but definitely you want to watch that game to see how they use Taysom Hill now that there's no Drew Brees in the picture. I don't know if, if you probably saw a lot of reps with those with Teddy Bridgewater and Hill on the field together, but now that I have a full week to work on it, maybe you'll see some plays drawn up. I mean, Bridgewater's a pretty mobile QB, and he's smart, and he can do a lot of the same, some of the same stuff that Hill can do. So let's, let's I mean, let's watch that game. I mean, we may not want to plug them in, but we're definitely going to be have our eyes on it. Uh, do you feel that you know, the Seahawks don't – the secondary is not great. Let's put it out there. It's not a great secondary. 
do you feel that like Rudolph against the 49ers, Bridgewater might be a bit undervalued here going against the Seahawks? Of course, you're looking to see how he goes against uh, against uh, the Seahawks and how they use him and Hill. But at the same time, you know, is there a bargain here to be had? Yeah, I mean, I've seen, we've seen Big Ben come off the field before and have guys step in and really produce big games. But those were the Antonio Brown days, so I'd be a little I'd be a little concerned about this offense having that same kind of consistency. Sure, the the 49ers aren't great, but, the, but they've stepped up a little bit. Let's let's see what uh what some of these guys can some of the big name guys can do this week to kind of you know I think that you're going to see maybe some guys taking a shot on value. So let's try to find some of these big priced guys who who maybe will fly under the radar this week. Uh, one guy who could fly under the radar this week uh, could be uh, Philip Rivers uh, against the uh, Texans. Had a sluggish performance, even though he threw for 293 yards in the loss to the Lions. He's, his track record in looking it up and writing uh, my quarterback column for week three, it's not impressive when you look at the yards, but he's averaged 3.5 touchdown passes per game in the four contests he's had against the Texans in his career. Yeah, and I think that the Texans' offense is enough to, to kind of maybe get a little bit of a shootout going. I mean, he's had some issues. I think that the issue last week was with Detroit was really trying to control the, the tempo of that game, especially with the loss of their left tackle. I don't think Stafford felt really super comfortable all game long. So let's see what happens when they have to push the ball down the field because you know that Deshaun Watson and the Texans are going to be scoring some points. A uh, potential under-the-value guy could be Jacoby Brissett uh, against the Falcons. Don't environment, of course, uh, but Brissett uh, did show a little something. Three touchdown passes in the win against Tennessee on Sunday, and he gets a left far inferior defense against the Falcons, one that uh, it took a little while for Carson Wentz to start penetrating against, but once he did, he started puncturing that secondary on Sunday night. Yeah, Brissett makes a fine play in, in GPPs. Uh, you know, he won't have huge ownership. I doubt that people are going to be looking to Jacoby Brissett in some of those stacks. But he's developed some rapport with these young receivers. Paris Campbell looks really good. And uh, he's starting to kind of utilize his tight ends properly. So, yeah, that could be that could be interesting. Plus, they may not have a, a, a kicker option this week. If Vinatieri's hurt or they do something with that or he gets let go, Maybe they they go for it a little bit more, and sometimes that's good for your quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford is sitting at five and fifty five hundred at DraftKings. He's at sixty nine at uh, FanDuel. He is at Philadelphia. It's the Eagles' home opener. But as we've seen in the first two games, that Eagles secondary has been suspect has been susceptible to the big play, and in a very bad way. And Stafford. Underrated receiving core could have a big afternoon out in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think that TJ Hawkinson is a guy who, after kind of uh, going missing last week, might be back with a big game. And I don't think they can cover Kenny Galladay. That guy is a bona fide wide receiver number one, and his stock is only on the rise. Well, we touched on the Steelers taking on the 49ers. Is it time to start letting you get Jimmy Garoppolo? 
three touchdown passes. You know, the 49ers put up 41 points at Cincinnati. They get another AFC North team. Comes in at $7,200 at FanDuel, $62 at DraftKings. Is this an opportunity to take advantage of Garoppolo? And again, he's got a young yet underrated receiving core that even with the addition of Mika Fitzpatrick uh, to the Steelers, should be able to get some opportunities for uh, Garoppolo. Yeah, the price is a little up from last week. In fact, he's actually, on DraftKings, he's $100 more expensive than Aaron Rodgers. Who would have thought that we mentioned <laughs> they were Garoppolo was more expensive than Rodgers? But he looked really comfortable last week, and he's using all his receivers, except maybe Dante Pettis. Boy, we need to get that guy the ball. Um, but Kittle's good. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is a solid big play option, and he really finds a way to get the ball to his running backs, which is nice to see. Brita, Moster, and Wilson are all receiving options. Bills are 2-0, and, oh, and Josh Allen is starting to put it together. You know, a potential bargain here at DraftKings is 5,900. 75 at DraftKings, kind of a middle-of-the-road play. Uh, but he does get a matchup against the Bengals, a Cincinnati team that, you know, that, as we mentioned a few seconds ago, got lit up pretty bad by uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday. Yeah, and I think one of the problems with the Bengals' defense is they tend to over-pursue. They have a good pass rush, but sometimes once those guys get around the, those those tackles, Josh Allen is up the field, and once he's up the field, he's scoring with his legs, and, and he's a really great component in the fantasy lineup because he can do it uh, through the air or on the ground. I really like what I'm seeing out of Josh Allen. Uh, you, when you look at your know, potential cash game, guys, you know, this week it's going to be a bit of a challenge when you look at the uh, cash game, uh, potential cash game plays. Patrick Mahomes obviously is going to get a lot of attention, but he is taking on the Ravens. It is in Kansas City, uh, 9,200 at FanDuel, 76 at DraftKings, 7,600 at DraftKings. Uh, is this an opportunity to see if Mahomes can you know, puncture this Ravens defense again? You know, keep in mind that Baltimore did give up 349 to Kyler Murray on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'd probably be leaning more to Mahomes and GPPs because my cash game play, uh, we, we talked a little about it off the air, and that's that's Dak Prescott. But um, Pat, Patrick Mahomes is could throw six touchdowns against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, there's really no limit to his upside. So I use him in GPPs. I'm going to have probably 20% shares of him next week just because of what he did um, in week two. Lamar Jackson, uh, probably more of a PPP in there as well. 7,000 at DraftKings, 8,500 at FanDuel. You talk about watching his someone's salary rise over the course of the first two games of the season. Chiefs, uh, you're, there's always the question about their secondary, but is Lamar Jackson worthy of a cash game play this week? I would venture no, not quite yet, even against Kansas City. Yeah, I think you want more. Uh, you want to see how he kind of reacts to a little bit of this success. Um, he, it's really great to see what he's doing because he's running the ball. He's throwing the ball. He's making really start, smart decisions, uh, not turning the ball over. We saw some turnout, turnovers out of him when he first popped on the scene. and But that was when they didn't really know what he was going to do. And he was a little looked a little bit lost out there in his first few series. But ever since the end of the last couple of games of last season, the guy's just been really sharp. There's, 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 there's probably better cash game plays out there, but in GPPs, both Jackson and Mahomes are guys to look at. Uh, let's take a look at some of those cash game guys. You mentioned them earlier. Dak Prescott uh, going up against the Dolphins, 6,500 at, at uh, FanDuel. Excuse me, 6,500 at DraftKings, 
8,400 at FanDuel. He takes on a Dolphins team that has been obviously fantasy-friendly to opposing quarterbacks the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're going to find a better cash game play. There's cheaper options out there um, for cash games. One of them may even be Jameis Winston, who's only 5,400 on DraftKings and is playing the Giants. So far, we've seen quarterbacks shred the Giants, and I don't think that's going to change this week. So if you can look at Prescott as your kind of high-priced high, value, high, high priced, uh, G, uh, cash game option and maybe look down the, the way a little bit towards Winston if you're looking for somebody who's a little bit cheaper. You know, Winston should also have a fully healthy Mike Evans uh, in this one. Evans is, uh, hasn't been 100% first two games, but I think that he should be at a, close to 100% in this one. So that's all the more recent uh, to, like, Jameis Winston. Uh, we touched on Phillip Rivers. Uh, the curious case of Carson Wentz, uh, 5,600 at DraftKings, 7,700 at FanDuel, stunk up the joint in the first half. But in the fourth quarter, we started seeing you know, the Carson Wentz that you'd expect. Eventually, too little, too late. But without Alshon Jeffrey, doesn't, you know, it's 50-50 that you're going to get uh, Deshaun Jackson, you know, more of a GPP guy, actually probably close to a punt if you don't have Jackson and Jeffrey in there on Sunday. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, you saw him develop some rapport with Nelson Aguilar in that game. It took a little while to kind of get going, um, and they were down once it did. But I don't know. I don't know if I can spend um, even 5600 on Wentz right now when you have guys like Winston, who's 54, and Brissett at 52. Uh, we will certainly, you know, we'll touch on a couple of more quarterbacks. We'll start looking at some waiver wires real quick. Tom Brady against the Jets, 6,600 at uh, DraftKings, 78 at FanDuel. You know, uh, probably more of a GPP guy. I think this will be a blowout kind of game, but I don't think you're going to get big numbers from him. Uh, so I would venture him, you know, more of a GPP play, even with Antonio Brown getting a full week, another full week under the system of the Patriots. Yeah, he's a super fun GPP play this week because if you, I mean, I just watched the, uh, that barn burner of a of a Monday night football game, and the Jets defense, while they they, I mean, they threw some looks at Baker Mayfield that he wasn't expecting. I don't think they're going to be fooling Tom Brady. I mean, Mayfield's inexperienced, and he had some trouble, but even he eventually broke through. Brady's not going to have any problems at all. He'll, he he could throw four touchdowns in the first half. Oh, well, certainly. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, taking on the Saints, 6,300 at uh, DraftKings, 76 at FanDuel. Strong start for Wilson. At the start of the season, I was kind of thinking that, you know, you'd see the Seahawks becoming more back to uh, the basics of their run game. But we've seen Wilson throw the ball pretty effectively and put up good numbers in the first two weeks. Yeah, he's really utilizing uh, DK Metcalf well. Um, as he a big-bodied wide receiver. Uh, really a guy who's physical, uh, he's athletic, he's built like a tight end, but he's got moves He's got moves like a running back. So Metcalf is certainly a guy he can get the ball to. And Tyler Lockett's speed with, with, with the uh, check down ability of a guy like Will Disley, and we've seen Disley turn into a really big red zone threat um, for, for the Seahawks. So, yeah, there, there's received. They have backs who can catch the ball. They have good receivers. Um, who are good between the 20s and in the red zone. So I think Wilson's a great play this week. 
We'll take a quick look, uh, you know, before we head out of here, you know, taking a look at the uh, waiver wire, uh, waiver wire picks. Who are some of the uh, guys that you're looking at, you know, as possible pickups going into week three? Well, in reviewing the possible quarterbacks, uh, you know, just for, for standard season-long leagues, Garoppolo is only about 20 to 40% owned right now, and I think that's a guy who maybe some folks dropped that you might want to get back on. Uh, Josh Allen's only only owned in about 25 to 45% of leagues, and these both of these guys have the ability to put up big games. So they are guys I would want to have on my fantasy bench for sure. And maybe even spot starting uh, with some of these injuries to the big quarterbacks. Well, uh, you talked about Nelson Aguilar. He's possibly a guy you might want to take a look at as well. You'll, you'll also want to take a look and see as to what the status is of Deshaun Jackson. Uh, again, it doesn't look good for Alshon Jeffrey in week three. But uh, Nelson Aguilar uh, could be a possible play here. Yeah, I mean, he came on strong at the end, uh, ended up with eight catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. He had a couple drops, but he showed excellent rapport with Wentz uh, after both those other receivers went down. And he's got some solid wide receiver three or four, even flex value, if either Jacks or Jeffrey are forced to miss additional time. You know, running backs, you know, doesn't look to appear to be uh, any big backs, you know, uh, running back plays out there. Obviously, you know, quarterback is going to be uh, the big issue. Uh, but Raheem Mozart, uh, pretty solid performance in week two, uh, filling in uh, 40 injured Tevin Coleman, 13 carries, 83 yards. Also had uh, four, three catches on four targets for 68 yards and a touchdown. He'll take on the Steelers Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Mostert is only about 10 to 20 percent owned, uh, and he's really showed flash of talent since last season. Uh, he had 13 carries in that last game, and, uh, you know, that's that's shown that he's going to get the ball. His role's been expanded with Tevin Coleman sidelined, and he ended up leading the, the San Francisco backfield and carries after Breida was spelled in that in that blowout win. So, yeah, he's a viable option in 12-team PPR leagues, uh, flex option. He really stands to benefit from some of the, uh, the injuries and the ineffectiveness in the other Niners running backs. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, you know, right now, all the less than 10% of leagues, that's probably going to change after six catches, a perfect six for six in targets, a buck 72, two touchdowns. Uh, it's obviously going to be way difficult for him to top that against the Ravens, but, you know, considering the fact that in week one, Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill were the only wide receivers who got targeted by Patrick Mahomes, now with Robinson showing that he can be reliable, I would venture that he's going to get a ton of attention this week. Yeah, I mean, people were all over Mecole Harbin last week, but Robinson was the guy. He uh, He's still coming in under 10% ownership. And, yeah, that that's one way to get on your quarterback's good side is don't drop any passes. Or more to the point, catch all of them, right? So heading into week one, he was actually slated just assume the Chris Conley role in that offense. But the Tyreek Hill injury forced him into a larger role, and he really responded. It was the best fantasy wide receiver performance of week two. So, yeah, he should be added in all formats. And he'll, he'll have wide receiver two value, uh, even against the Ravens. Oh, Debo Samuel, San Francisco is another guy that's probably going to get some attention. Five catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown to win over Cincinnati. Uh, Garoppolo's got a diverse set of targets, and Samuel is definitely establishing himself to be a guy that could be a, a factor, especially with uh, Trent Taylor still on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, – you know, folks who rostered Dante Petters were shocked that, that Debo Samuel, uh, you know, was the, was the guy and, and that, that Pettis only saw the field for 
for two plays in week one. And now after a solid week two, we're seeing Debo kind of move up to move up to the rankings a little bit. Um, I mean, I, he's not my favorite pickup because I don't know exactly how he's going to be used consistently throughout the season. I like Marquise Goodwin too. Um, but yeah, he really, Garoppolo has been doing a good job spreading it around. So yeah, we could see more good things from Debo as well. Uh, oddly enough, Jason Witten's a guy who's starting to pick up some traction uh, in leagues. Uh, he's got touchdown passes in his first two games, uh, returning uh, from retirement in his one-year run at ESPN, uh, owned in about 15 20% of leagues. But, uh, again, you know, the fact that uh, Dak Prescott is finding him, uh, even though he's not giving you the yardage, but he is giving you the touchdowns in, against the Dolphins, he could be a pretty interesting play. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely one of those touchdown-dependent tight ends. Um, and, you know, over the course of the full season, I actually like Blake Jarwin a little bit more because I think they'll probably spell Witten. You know, if the Cowboys truly are a playoff team, they're going to probably spell him a little bit, give him, some, give him some more time on the bench, let Jarwin do that, especially in some of these games against Miami where they might get an early lead and they'll be able to try some different stuff with Jarwin. Jarwin's a guy with enormous upside. He had a three-touchdown game last year against the Giants. And I'm excited for the next time he plays against the Giants because he had a touchdown in the first game in week one against them, too. Before we get out of here, what is the one thing that you're looking for in week three? What is the one thing that you uh, think could, uh, the one player, I would say, could be a difference maker here in week three for DFSers? Well, there's a lot to choose from, but let's let's take a look at kind of an under-the-radar guy who might be able to get something done. And, uh, and let's focus on making Jacoby Brissett our quarterback in some GPPs. I, you know, you talked about it. I really like it, too. He's doing better with those wide receivers. Their offense is opening up a little bit. The Falcons' defense, I think, is, is, is better than in his last season, but they're not as good as they played against the Eagles the other night because of all those injuries that the Eagles contended with. So I think Brissett might be a really interesting GPP play at QB. And, you know, maybe this is the week that Jameis Winston finally gets off the schneid and has a big, big week. If you've got a healthy Mike Evans, especially against the Giants, I think that could be the case. So, uh, again, uh, Antonio, definitely appreciate it. You can catch him uh, over at uh, Win Daily Sports as well. Uh, does an excellent job at baseball. is just as good as football as well. So feel free to catch him and uh, get his work. So, Antonio, again, appreciate the time. Thank you, man. It's been a great time. I look All forward right. to hooking up again. All right, we will do this again next week leading into week four, how time flies. So for Antonio D'Arcangelis, this is Brandon C. Williams for the Tuesday, September 17th edition of the Win Daily Sports Podcast.